0: i'm vince and i'm travis and we're about to ruin your games and stuff travis! welcome to undesign hello travis how are you doing today sir hi vince
1: i'm uh you know i'm i'm okay i'm doing pretty well um we i mean we as as always we, we rolled a random topic right that's correct and I'm a little i'm a i am I feel like this uh this is a not not the greatest question so so I'm not real sure if uh my answers are gonna live up to what your expectations for this question were originally gonna be um why don't you tell why don't you tell the uh, tell us what the uh what the question for today is gonna be what the topic is
0: sure i well first off, I like that you're impugning my question selection right yeah I'm immediately just right off the bat gonna jump on you about
1: this so that I cover my ass on the way through you know yes. what I mean Sure. So it's not my fault. That's what I'm saying, listeners. It is not my fault this time.
0: All right, accepted. I will take the full blame for this one. Today's topic is how vital is setting to a new RPG. So, in other words, you're you you who are listening. Maybe you want to make a game. Maybe you want to design a new game yourself. And you're thinking, right. I mean, this
1: podcast is called Undesigned, so obviously you're going to expect some designer talk. Come on.
0: I would hope. And you think to yourself, hmm, should I make it a sort of generic system? A la perhaps maybe a GURPS, or perhaps even like a regular D, which has had, you know, differing closeness to any particular given world over its history, right? Um versus having something very specific, i.e., I am role playing on the modern earth, it's exactly like the modern earth, except X. Right, so the setting would be X. Modern Earth, except X. You know, except all, as you, as you pointed out in a previous episode, maybe all the Christmas trees are irradiated monsters who attack us.
1: Yeah, and- irradiated carnivorous conifers, baby. It's a callback.
0: So yes, you've got to... A- I'm
1: you- going to write that into a game, so I apologize for the next game that you decide uh, to bring me in on, Vince, because it's going to have some Christmas trees that are hungry. That's all I'm saying.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm okay with that. I I think as I go along in my career, I start to value unusual things more and more, right? Like the 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 appeal of the generic is lost as you explore it, right? We've all done the. It basic can be, stuff. yeah.
1: We will have a topic dedicated to this. I think. I think we need to write that. Right? You should make a note of that because we need to talk about that. I think because we've been talking about it outside of like you know your YouTube shows and and you and I talking on the side. You haven't talked about this yet, right?
0: Correct. Absolutely.
1: So, make a note of that one. We'll bring that one back up, listeners. You're gonna hear some more about that. But today's question: um, How vital is setting to a new RPG? Right. So, specifically to a new RPG. So, the the RPG that's being built. We're not talking about how you know how important how how important is the setting in old books or other games that have already been made. Whatever. We're just talking about specifically like when you're designing a new one, like when you're coming up with your own ideas and you're putting them together with your team or whatever um how important is it to have have well how how important is the setting overall so for to me like right when i when i think about this question um it feels a little wishy-washy because setting is always important whatever it's always going to be important but the specifics of the question is what is what what we're actually getting at because the important part of setting is where the setting is coming from is the setting coming from your players or the people who are buying your game or is the setting coming from you so where do you want them to deploy the rules that you're giving them in the book okay yep right that's kind of that's kind of what it comes down to where the rules are deployed um so the setting is vital you know it's 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 vital and important when your game's rule set is tightly focused on something narratively driven by the setting you built the game around right yes. so <laughs> like, like if you if you have if you have gone into creating your game in a top down kind of, I'm gonna I want to write a Buffy the Vampire Slayer game, right? Right. Um. Then you would better back up the rules that with with good descriptions of the setting, so that the players and GMs know why the rules for things exist, right? So, why why the rules for for specifically how hard it is to get your stake through the the chest plate of a specific kind of weaker vampire versus a very strong vampire what are these vampires and why is this a vampire game? I guess, you know, you got to know a lot of stuff about the setting to deploy specific, very focused rules.
0: How magic works, all those kinds of things.
1: Yeah. All these, how magic, how magic works. Um, what, um, what, what do you, what do you mean by the big bad how, vernacular right. for places? Um, things like that. Things that would be in, integral to a Buffy the Vampire Slayer setting. If you don't back it up with enough, enough source material, even for people who haven't seen the thing that you're building your, your game around. So, because people may be picking up books even though they haven't, they don't have what the reference material comes from if you're coming from something as specific as like a TV show or a movie series or a book series or whatever. They may not even have access to that and they may just want to jump in and play. So you better give them the right amount of information about that setting, right? So that seems to be w- one of the main reasons to, to put a lot of effort into a setting for a new RPG, right?
0: Yes. Now um go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Right, so so when that's the focus of your design. Now <clears throat> another and this is and this, this is awful, I'm gonna bring this up because this seems like telling people it's okay to be bad to do crappy crappy work okay well we
0: never promised anyone good advice with this right show, so i think well, you're okay. uh, well
1: i'm not actually making this as advice this is something you should do in hindsight when you're when you're writing up your game if you are desperate to put out a game and the rules that you have created just aren't up to snuff and you know it okay you know your rules aren't very good they're kind of kind of scattered they're they're not exactly cohesive they don't Um, They don't cover all the situations that really need to be covered in your game. Like, let's just say you know you're not the greatest at making good rules, but you're really creative and you're great at making settings and worlds, then you can cover up those really poorly designed rules with excellent narrative capability, okay? So you can have a really bad game system that's really good still as a game because the setting is great. My my, my top example for this is Rifts. because I knew it's where we were going. The most garbage rules I've ever read in a in a, in a game book um, that I've actually paid attention to enough to remember, um, because they're just awful. They're just bad. They're poorly poorly defined. It's kind of like this mishmash of several other games that come came out before it thrown together like slapdash style. Really, really bad rules um, that are completely incoherent on many levels. Um, but it's covered up with just this hugely rich narrative setting that just covers so many different things in so many different, like it's the best representation of a kitchen sink game I've ever seen. Yeah. Like nothing brings so many different things together and describes them all gives you the minutia of everything you could ever want and keeps it interesting. Um, consistently throughout the writing it's just great it's it's a ama- like uh, like i i i can't say it enough i love rifts for what it is i know it's bad i know this the the rules are awful but all of those books are wonderful to read and great it's a great great world to play in. okay so but that this is this is this is i please don't take that advice go back through your rules after you've you've designed them make sure they're good coherent make sure make sure that all of your bases are covered um, we're going to have other other talks about designing rules and things like that because that's a thing that we'll we'll get into talk about right Vince yes. um it's important to us so we'll uh, obviously have it on the list of random things we could roll probably several times with different different varying varying degrees so please please take care of your rules listeners and writers and designers just just do that. But in in the off chance that you are aren't very good at making rules and you can't find or build a team that can make those rules that you've already made better, be a good writer, uh, make a good setting. Um, it'll still draw people in.
0: Yeah, and I want to kind of I, I want to kind of riff off of that. Uh, please do,
1: because I just, I think I, I talked for way too long there. So go ahead,
0: buddy. No, you're fine. It's I, your show
1: too. <laughs> oh,
0: I appreciate that. Ah uh, yes, I think you're absolutely right. I think your your summation of riffs is exactly what I would say. But it, it's a it's a classic example of where the setting is so strong, writing and the the thing that what it, it evokes is so strong, right? That you're willing to forgive a lot of other stuff, and yeah. this isn't unique to games. This is something that comes up in. All sorts of things like movies and stuff like that. If the, if it's dealing with a setting or characters or something like that that we really love, we'll forgive other, other weaknesses in perhaps like the story, which would be the rules of a movie. So here's what I would say. I think if you're a – let's say you're a newer game designer. This is one of your early games.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of who we're pointing at in general, so that makes sense.
0: Sure. My advice would be to – absolutely include a setting and to absolutely start top down and by that i mean so you 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 mentioned the top down design the top down concept being that i start from a singular idea right right so we are going to play a game about space exploring vampire wizards in the 27th century from pluto okay that's the game yeah, your elevator, pitch. whatever, whatever
1: seconds. your whatever your elevator pitch line is, yeah, that's kind of the the starting point from where you're going to build.
0: Correct, and then you then all your rules flow out from that. And the reason I say that if you're if you're starting, that's the way to do it, is because of the following. You then automatically create, guide, you know, sort of guardrails for yourself, right? Just there's built-in guidelines because you can always refer back up when you're defining elements in the game when you're saying do i need to include the rules for treading water i can look back at my core concept right of oh yeah never mind i'm this is space exploring vampires and pluto in the 27th century we don't need to tread water i can cut that right
1: now if you're talking about like treading treading you know empty dead space outside of a ship yes. yes
0: how long can you survive in space probably very important right uh so it, it gives so to, you so
1: for you. It's partially about focusing your rules.
0: Yes, it focuses your whole design when you have a specific setting you start from and operate from. The problem with writing a generic game, okay? The problem with trying to make like your own GURPS or something, right? Is that or Hero System or whatever. Hero it doesn't Fate, matter. yeah. yeah whatever you whatever you think it doesn't like there's a bunch of good <coughs>
1: narrative game system ngs mm. <laughs> somebody wrote exactly. that book
0: hmm. somebody wrote that maybe one, I'll
1: yes. go check it out since I'm a listener
0: there you go i like that it. sounds
1: like a really good book to me the narrative game system hmm. drive through <laughs> rpg has it nice
0: it's good i'm glad we brought in that listener thanks thanks random listener for coming yeah, to the show yeah you're
1: a great guest there uh, plate
0: exactly yes very very good
1: um no problem i'll see you around guys <laughs>
0: I think this guy's going to be a regular guest on the show. Yeah, we, we don't have guests except him. Um, he existed
1: before before random name generation, so that's why his name's Plate.
0: Exactly. Or Blank. I would have also accepted Blank. Um, oh, Blank. So, uh, I, I think that the problem with that is you have to have a really good understanding of how all elements of game design work across all situations. Right? You have to have a very strong concept of how all your various elements are going to work together without any appeal to verisimilitude, right?
1: Right. So your 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 base resolution mechanic has to be so strong and it's on its own um, that it can handle such a wide variety of situations.
0: Correct. And, and beyond that, you have to know all of these different things are going to be correct because the problem is you can't say, well, we can't write the rules for treading water. Because that's not relevant to Because water might be game.
1: different in different places. Right. And and treading it might be different.
0: Exactly. So you have to, when you're starting bottom up and you're just trying to write a very generic system, the task is much greater. The rules could be much larger. The interactions will be much more expansive and complicated. Right, and mistakes are
1: going to show show much more clearly too. Yep. If you make a mistake in your rules, whoever is consuming, like buying your stuff um, – is gonna see when you when you've made mistakes with your rules, and they're probably in in this day and age gonna point it out on social media. So get it right the first time. So don't yeah, like like Vince is saying, don't get into this generic RPG thing because it's really hard for your first game unless you're super confident about it, which you know confidence can help.
0: It can also lead you down terrible roads, but totally so yes. sink or
1: swim kind of road, roads. Yeah. There
0: you go. But um, if you know how to if you know how to tread water, you're not gonna sink. There you go. The other advantage, I would say, for, for any game, although it's certainly true for newer ones, is that a strong setting that has recognizable elements will has automatic appeal to somebody.
1: So, so you're saying something that has a kind of space opera feel to it, um, like if you're pointing at spaceships and high drama in space, Right. there's, there's lots of stuff to pull on, and it's going to be like, oh, I could play something like I've seen before
0: in this. Right, exactly. Let me take the most obvious that you would never actually do, but you, you already said it. Take like the Buffy the Vampire Slayer thing. Now there is a yeah. there there is a Buffy the Vampire Slayer. There's RPG. A couple, I think, actually
1: on two different systems or something, but I'm not sure. Yep.
0: And so, what's the advantage that that has? Why does that game exist? Well, it exists because the IP exists, right?
1: Yeah. Someone likes that show. Someone might want to play RPGs, and someone might like both of those things. So therefore, there should be an RPG with that right. IP.
0: Yep. And what you're pointing to, I think, that is so important, okay, is the following. And this is a tough thing for people to understand because a lot of people are really proud of rules they wrote, some clever table, yeah. some clever twist. None of that matters in selling your game initially. None of it.
1: Right. That's not going to draw anybody's eye. It's just not. Because you're talking about equations. <laughs> That's it. Like – it might be interesting to the occasional math major, you know what I mean, that, right. that picks up your game. Otherwise, not all that interesting most of the time. Now, there could be something about your resolution mechanics that brings someone in, you know? Like, maybe, the, you know, your, your game uses cards or whatever. You know, like, that's right. kind of an interesting yes. way. Like, what was it? It's a uh, very high-level game. Dead, dead, I don't know. What was a um, Weird I'll, West we game? Use,
0: yes, de- uh, Deadlands, or Malifu Deadlands, yeah. cards, yes.
1: So yeah, games that use cards like that's that's a different interesting thing, um, but it's still uh, it's still a game mechanic, right?
0: Right. And so it's also that, but,
1: but it's a gimmick. But whatever.
0: Uh, but also note that in this case, when we mentioned like Deadlands, the reason it's using poker cards is because it's an old, it's a Weird West game. Right? Yes, and
1: so it's again focused on the setting. Correct. Old West. You got card card players, card sharks. You know, Mavericks. Whatever. Yes. Um, that's why That's why it's cards. So, again, still setting dependent.
0: Right. And and I think that when somebody walks up, they pick up a book. They're going to look at what the game is about. Like, they're going to look at your art on the cover. They're going to get a conception of what the game is about. They're going to flip through. They're going to look at some pictures. They're going to get an elevator pitch, right? And if the elevator pitch is, is literally just like, well, it's a generic fantasy game, they're going to put the book down and close it and walk away in many cases. Yeah. Because there's already so many generic systems out.
1: Um, yeah, it's interesting because Dungeons and Dragons somehow has gotten away with it for so long. Um, by that I mean they've gotten away without having a setting, setting like an like a strong setting within their primary core books throughout every iteration of the of the game. You know what I mean? First, second, third. Oh basic. yeah, it's
0: definitely varied, right? Like how tightly they were tied to any setting. Yeah. Sometimes it's nothing. Sometimes it's Greyhawk. Recently, it's Forgotten Realms. We kind of move around, right?
1: But since it was the kind of our genesis as gamers, it gets away with it. Um, Other games, don't think you're going to be – like when you're making your game, you're not D&D. Keep that in mind. You aren't Dungeons & Dragons. You aren't Wizards of the Coast. You aren't TSR. You aren't any of the companies that have have drawn that game through the, quote, ages, unquote, of um, RPG gaming. You know, you're not that company yet, so you're gonna have to be more tight, more focused. You got to keep in mind who your target audience is more.
0: And I think having that setting, so when you take, so to go down from IP, because it's you're not obviously yep. as an, also as a newer game, you're not gonna go out and buy IP, right? Like that's right. This is probably
1: going to be an original thing.
0: Yes, or, and you already pointed at this. So one of the things that that Rifts did that's very genius, is. They used elements genius or of devious. Both, really. They used elements of tradition and fantasy and myth of the real world to set riffs, right? And and yep. so like the uh Warhammer World from Games Workshop does this as well, both in their RPGs and their war games. And uh i another online game that we played a lot way back in the day, which is Dark Age of Camelot, right? Like the right, reason yeah. they picked Camelot as the setting and had like Vikings and, and the, the Celts and the uh, Arthurians mm-hmm. was so that's because history. Yeah, a, it's history. And it was the best known IP they could get for free.
1: <laughs> yeah. Cause everyone, right? everyone knows about it. Yes. It's, it's been ingrained in our culture. So yeah. everyone knows about it already and it's free.
0: <laughs> so when you can tie in those elements to your setting, right, it's Romans in space. Okay, that's a good, like, okay, cool. I like Rome. I understand Rome. I know what that is. I'm interested to see Roman ships in space. Or, right, or it's, you know, like the cavemen, or or you're using like cavemen type of times, like 50,000, but 10,000 BC, that was the movie. Yeah, it's like a 10,000 BC type setting where it's brutal and, you know, this sort of like Mm -hmm. struggling tribes to survive. Okay, like I get that. I get what's going on. And it could be a very specific setting in that. But you're still, either,
1: either way, you're still giving... Whether it's highly specific or a little little fuzzy, you're giving you're giving your audience something something to relate to, which is just excellent. It gives them something that they want they may want to buy because they relate to it.
0: Exactly. I think it's a you know, there's a word that you and I throw around all the time, and I know you know the the origin of it, but it's grokability. Right. And it's it's really applies here. Having that setting, even if it's weird, right? Even if it's just out of the box. Is still better, I think, especially for newer RPG, than having nothing, because it lets the the the, the reader grok much quicker onto what you're right. And is so
1: grok, grok grok if you look it up, G G R O K. It's, it's basically it basically means an intuitive connection to something. That's kind of the the basic notion of what grok means.
0: Somewhere just beyond a priori knowledge, right? You almost get it right. from consuming. And Yeah. I I think that I I think that when I look at that, the reality is there's especially when you start looking at history or shades or the mixing of, you know, various sort of genres together and then creating something specific out of it, the next thing that's very obvious to me is there's almost no reason not to, because the palette is infinite. Right? Like there's a lot of RPGs that have been made. And the reality is we haven't even dented the potential available sort of settings that could be exploited.
1: Right. People people tend to to write things that they that are similar to what they know already.
0: Yeah. And and so I I think that when you look at it from that way, there's lots of interesting places that you could jump in there. Right? And ju- and, and find new territory that hasn't been explored yet. Uh you know, I me- I pulled that ridiculous example out of like space-exploring vampires from Pluto in the 27th century, but I'm pretty sure that game doesn't exist, and that was just an example off the top of my head, right? Right. Um, a lot of the best works of sort of sci-fi and stuff like that are just these random new settings that were very unusual, that had strange parallels to our own world, but then or, or ties to history, or that felt like something kind of familiar, but then became their own thing and became so strong. Uh, I think to me, like, the go-to example for that is Dune, right? Like, I think about Dune, and I'm like, it drew on some elements of sci-fi that had already been written. It drew on some real-world religious and politics, but it made its wholly own unique setting, and it took off. And now there's, like, you know, movies and books and role-playing games and video games and everything, right? It grew into its own thing because it had that grokkable thing in the initial story. That's what made it interesting. Yep. All right. I don't Agreed. know. Do we have anything else about this one?
1: um i covered all all the things that i i could think of at this time um I, so i'm i mean i'm pretty sure we um uh, we went over the the at least at least the very high level overview of, of why why and when it's it's vital for uh, to have a good setting in a new rpg um, which is most of the time uh, most of yep. the time is is really really the over overarching answer um, the only time when it's probably not as vital is generic rpgs which Really, you shouldn't be tackling those until you've already got an RPG or two under your belt in the first place. And, and even in, then, in that, that's my opinion. That's not sure. real. So whatever. It's much, much like many of the things we say on this show.
0: I I would tend to agree with your opinion and say that in general, it's it's a tr- it's just it's just tricky waters to navigate. And and yeah. realistically, you're gonna have much more success. And I, I think even from a design creativity point of view. You'll often feel much more reward when you bring a specific world to life rather than some generic rules to life.
1: Yeah. Okay. So uh, I think we covered it, Vince. Um, that's uh, we just undesigned that topic straight up. Undesign. Undesign. <laughs>